Welcome to the Property Perspective Podcast, a podcast where we talk about different perspectives on property, the industry, and anything we find interesting. I'm your host, Nick Cowdy. I am a real estate professional and the principal at Cowdy Real Estate, a boutique real estate firm here in Christchurch. Hope you enjoy the show. All right, so today on the show, we have Dr. Jessica Halliday, who is an art historian and always been quite involved with the architectural scene around Christchurch. Welcome to the show. Oh, kia ora, Nick. Nice to be here. That's good. Now, tell us a bit about your background. My background. So, um, well, how far back shall we go? I was born here in Waitaha, Canterbury. Mm. Um, so I guess this is home. Yes. Um, as, but I was born in the Selwyn district. Uh, so, but Christchurch has always been that place, um, I guess, that I've known my whole life. Mm. Um, it's funny, I was talking to a team member the other day about our first memories of public space. Yes. And my first memory of public space is there's there's really two. One's um, Cathedral Square. Yes. I remember being there for the Springbok tour protests in 1981 when wow. I was quite little. And then the Christchurch Town Hall. Yes, um, of course. I remember that from, you know, because you're there from such a young age. Mm. Um, well, at least people... My generation have been, because it's older than me, so it's been there my whole life and lots of different life stages. Yeah. Um, so, born here, grew no, up I remember, here. sorry, just to interject, yeah. was my memories were like a chamber choir thing at school and Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you see, we've all got it. I'm not telling you about some of mine. They're shameful. <laughs> the things you do when you're a teenager. Oh dear, oh dear, Ice House. But um, that's who I remember seeing at the town hall when I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then, yeah, I, as you mentioned, um, I've got a background in art history. I uh, studied art history and politics at the University of Canterbury mm. and then kept doing some politics at Vic for a while uh, and then came back and landed on uh, a thesis topic which mm. was about uh, the design and construction of the beehive and looking at the role of formalism in late modernism. Right. Um, and and wrote a really detailed history and put the beehive in its architectural and political context. Mm. You know, of um, Connecting my art history and politics backgrounds. Um, but... That was a whole palaver because my thesis is permanently embargoed. So if you want to read it, you have to make an application to the Dean of Postgraduate Studies at the University of Canterbury to be able to read it. Is that due to national security? Yeah, it is. Ah. Yep, it was a big surprise for me yes. because I started the research before 9-11 and mm -hmm. submitted my thesis after 9-11. Right. And... The whole context had completely changed. So, yeah, it was interesting. an interesting time trying to submit my thesis in the face of opposition from the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet, yeah. who didn't want me to submit it in full. Uh, but then the, the university, the head of law at mm. the time, just spent five months negotiating with the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet. Just as well I didn't want to be an academic. <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, otherwise it just would have been a nightmare. Mm. Right. So And then you've landed 
on doing Open Christchurch now amongst many other things? Yeah, Open Christchurch is the largest um, activity of Te Putahi, Centre for Architecture and City Making, mm-hmm. which is an organisation that's over 10 years old. Right. Um, it has its roots in post-quake Christchurch, mm-hmm. and we established it to... Um, run FESTA, the Festival of Transitional Architecture, after the earthquakes. And mm. then that ran for uh, five iterations. And then um, and then we were about to do the sixth and final iteration of FESTA in October 2020 when COVID and lockdown hit. Yes. Uh, but by that point, we had already started trialling Open Christchurch. Yeah. So we trialled it first in... Winter 2019, as a concept. Yeah. Yeah, we just... So the whole concept is... It's a really simple it, mm. um, concept, Open Christchurch. It's, it's uh, We open a selection of the city's most exceptional works of architecture to the public. Mm. Uh, over 90% of it is free to access. And what isn't free is very, very low cost. Yes. Um, at fi- usually $5 a ticket plus booking fee, um, and that is simply in place for a couple of reasons um, I can tell you about later. But anyway, we open up all these works of architecture. Yes. And the whole idea, there's really two reasons we do it. One, we love architecture, yep. <laughs> um, and we think more people should understand and appreciate the role of architecture in our lives and in society, and in particular its ability to... For, for great design to improve lives. Mm. Um, and then the second reason is that we think and we understand from talking to people who have been to Open Christchurch that by having this wonderful excuse to just explore all these different parts of the city that we're fostering a greater sense of belonging and connection in the city. So those are really the two things that drive us. must be a um, quite a lot of work to get all these institutions and buildings and private owners to agree to open their doors. It is. So they're all opening their doors over one weekend. It's always the first weekend. Well, it's always set by the first Sunday in May. Mm. So last year it was the 30th of April and the 1st of May. This year it's the 6th and 7th of May. Next year, 2024, it's the 4th and 5th of May. Um, And yes, it is a lot of work because... This year we're opening 52 buildings um, and that represents 51 building partners. Uh, It's a mismatch because sometimes you have one building partner like Christ College that Mm. is opening four buildings, but then you've got a place like 65 Cambridge Terrace which has six parties of interest that are either tenants or owners in that place and you have to get all of them on board. So we do a huge amount of relationship um, building and relationship Mm. um, management really, like making sure that people are happy to open their doors, which as you know is no small task. It is no Um, small task. Yeah, but usually, I mean, from the very beginning people have been, I think, intrigued by the opportunity. Mm. Um, There are people are motivated by lots of different things. Absolutely. Um, You always, I think, you've just got to go into it thinking, well, I might hear no, but that's Mm. the worst I'm going to hear. 
Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's my job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like some people say no. Oh, well, okay, yeah, that's thanks. fine. Someone else will say yes. Yeah. I think you've, like, the calibre of the buildings that you have and houses is pretty exceptional. It is. People are incredibly generous. Mm. It blows you away how generous if all these building partners are. Mm. Um, they're, I think they recognise the co-papa of the event. Um, and as I mentioned, they often do have different motivations depending on who they are. Mm. Um, but often they really believe in the things that we believe in, those two key ideas that architecture matters um, and that inviting people to explore the city changes their and develops their relationship with this place. Yeah, I mean, you know one that I've never gone to that I need to is the crematorium. That is <gasps> such an incredible building. So we opened that last year yes. as part of Open Christchurch last year and we really wanted to include it this year because this year we have a one of the things we're doing is paying particular homage to the work of um, Sir Miles Warren and Morris mm. Marnie. And, of course, the Harewood Crematorium is one of their most significant works. Um, but when we went to ask them about this year, they're actually closed for oh. construction works. I don't know what they're doing, yeah. um, but I was really pleased that we – they totally got into it last year yeah um and i hope it gave them a fresh appreciation of what a gem of a building that is yeah and that they're i, I haven't asked too closely but hopefully they're doing really good things to it That's i nice. suspect it's mostly driven by um heating and cooling because that place is quite hard to manage <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean because it's glazed single glazed so much of it and it's got large volumes and yeah because private Private houses is another thing because usually when they're institutional buildings or public spaces, they're already ready to open up. But I know when we've opened our houses before for the other um, tours, it's like it's a big deal when you sort of think, oh, I'll take half an hour to clean up and then a day and a half, two days later, you're finally ready. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and that's the thing about people's generosity Uh in recognizing that this is about a bigger, a bigger purpose, mm. and yeah, it's a huge amount. I mean, people have embraced it in lots of different ways. Some of them have used it as an excuse to kind of get their place into the condition in which they want it to be in um, on a regular basis. Some people have, you know, done commercial cleaning and. Um, gone away for the weekend and left us in charge. Right. Um, yeah, people, Some not everyone wants to be there. Yeah. Um, because, you know, all of a sudden you've got all these strangers poking around your house um, and you're not selling it. No. Um, but, uh, but then others really want to be there because mm. they want to share the story of what the building means to them. Yeah, I mean, I always wanted... Um, I always wanted to be there when our houses have been open because I just kind of enjoyed the people that were interested in looking were usually interesting people for me to talk to for whatever yeah. reason. So it's yeah. always quite fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think it really depends on on who the people are. I mean, some people it doesn't suit their personality to be there mm. um, and others really embrace it and enjoy the experience of mm. sharing their special place with others. All sorts of people come and 
and get involved in this, don't they? Or you mean attend? Or yeah, attend. Yeah. Yeah, I, we're always blown away by the diversity of the audience. Admittedly, we haven't been, we haven't had the resources to really survey them properly and get yes. really good demographics. Hopefully, we do this year. Um, but even just turning up and looking around, they're often people I've never seen at cultural events. Mm. Um, and people are drawn to different things. I think one of the things we try really hard with Open Christchurch is to ensure that there's something for everyone. Yes. You know, that there are a range of buildings, different ages, different styles, different construction types, um, different scales, different locations around the city, um, different functions, so that people hopefully can find something in the program they want to see that they haven't seen before or a building that they might know really, really well, but they've never spent time learning more about it. Mm. I find that Christchurch is really interesting because I've always, like you, I've grown up here and not really realising that conservative, conservative old Christchurch has quite an important architectural history and it's quite diverse? Yeah, I think um, it's getting more diverse mm. uh, and that's certainly something we endeavour to do with the programme. Mm. I mean, I think Christchurch's architectural reputation from the 19th and the 20th centuries is pretty well known. Mm. You know, the Gothic revival and the post-war modern, the Christchurch modern, Christchurch style, um, are fairly well established and acclaimed. Um, but, of course, there's a lot more going on, you know, when mm. you drill down into the interwar um, period or you have a look at uh, arts and crafts or, um, you know, different styles of architecture, early, you know, stripped modern works of Cecil Wood and people like that. Yeah. There's lots of... Um, diversity within that uh, tradition, within those periods. And then to these days, it's, you know, is beginning to get um, more and more diverse. We've been really fortunate, both in the people who are designing and in mm. the people who are commissioning works yeah. of architecture. I think, uh, yeah, the, the commissioning is really important, obviously, in a client that can let the architect go wild. Or, or buy into their ideas, and like especially, for example, Bolo Sullivan, their work is incredibly like so well fitted to their clients. And yeah. you've got the what the house is the gastro. Well, we've got Gus to Rob in the program. That's a mm. Bolo Sullivan house, um, and there's uh, there's actually three Gus uh, Bolo Sullivan buildings in the program cool. this year. Um, and in fact, Michael O'Sullivan has been a really wonderful supporter of mm. the festival from the beginning. He opened his studio in Littleton in 2021, and it was one of the most popular um, to, to get to, and we're opening it again this year. So, um, and when we opened it in 2021, part of it was a construction site. <laughs> um, so it was great dealing with the health and safety on that one. Yeah. Um, but that's completed now. So if people either go back or go for the first time, they're going to see the completed third level on that studio. And then the other 
Bolo Sullivan um, building that's opening is a Tongan church in Wigram called Fonoa Oemana. And that will be a surprise. It's actually a temporary building. Um, And... It got short. It's been shortlisted for the NZIA Awards, uh, Canterbury Awards this year. Yes. Um, and you know that's that's a really amazing story. And Michael will be there for part of the day. Um, and I think it's a great opportunity to. I love seeing when architects are involved in. Uh, an organisation or a group of people's whole story. You know, he they could have waited, he could have waited until they wanted to build something permanent, but actually he's there already. Right. Establishing that relationship, testing ideas, learning about what's important to them mm. um, and expressing it even in a, in a temporary building and also making that temporary building, like, superb. Right. Yeah. You should definitely check it out. Yeah. Yeah. What's so? What's what are you? What's your highlights? Have you got any particular favourites? Is what are my putting highlights? Putting you on the spot. It is putting me on the spot because, <laughs> you know, when um, er- Erica Austin on our team and I, we well, we work with a building council who help us select the buildings in the first place. Right. So there's a group of experts, um, and then Erica and I go out and meet nearly everybody. If the building's been in our program before, we might not meet them on site again but there's always chats and so you get to know the places and the people really really well so Mm. choosing favorites is really difficult but of course I have to do it um I'd say the coastal architecture is really interesting um we've made a deliberate effort to select a group of buildings that you can go and see in New Brighton and also you can pop out to Mount Pleasant um and then and so that would be uh, the New Brighton Surf Life Saving Club, mm-hmm. um, the Heipuna Taimoana um, and the South Brighton Surf Life Saving Club and St Faith's right. in New Brighton. That's a heritage church, an interwar heritage church. Um, so they're all open and like that completely different, that contrast between that, the hundred years nearly that's happened between the Gothic Revival Church and today, and you see how differently we respond to context now, and the materials are completely different, the ideas are completely different. I think that, and even between the buildings, um, there are similarities and differences. So that's really interesting. And then add in Mount Pleasant, and even... um, the Bolo Sullivan Studio in Littleton is, of course, in a coastal environment as well. So there's... There's plenty to explore along the coast. Um, I would say I think it's a great opportunity to reflect on the university's history because the university is 150 years old this year and they're celebrating their anniversary. And so, of course, you can go to all the buildings at Tamata Tiki Toyora at the Art Centre mm. and see all of, uh, I think we're opening nine buildings. Of course, that's where the university first opened in the 19th century in 18, 
the oldest building there is 1877, so that's a Mount Fit. And then you can go and see some of the more recent buildings on campus as well, right. and some modernist gems on campus yes. as well. Plus, the Macmillan Brown Library are opening, one of your favourite haunts, <laughs> and um, they're showing, they're letting people behind the scenes, behind the, uh, into the archives. Into the archives. Into the archives, and they're pulling out some Warren Amani drawings, right. and part of that celebration of... Miles and Morris um, that we're doing this year. Uh, and we're doing that, of course, because they've both died now, so it seemed appropriate to just pause and remember what they've left us. Um, so, yeah. So, and then... Uh, at, Schneiderman you know, you, House. And, oh, well, yes, the Schneiderman House, that booked out also really quickly. Um, that's the thing about the limited opportunity... Um, visits uh, some of those buildings is that they're, they're snapped up pretty quickly. Mm. Um, but the Schneiderman House um, is incredibly generous of the owner to let us in. She spent a long time, you know, um, bringing, you know, tending to that house. Yes. Um, yeah. And then, of course, part of that celebration is um, an evening event Right. Uh, at the town hall on early evening on Saturday, the 6th of May, when we're um, showing excerpts from an, un an unfinished documentary about Miles and Morris. Right. And then having some quickfire talks from a variety of architects and clients who've restored buildings, since, uh, not all since the earthquake, but most since the earthquake. Mm. And there are a variety of buildings. There's eight different people giving quickfire talks about the work they've done, because it's a, a legacy first has to be created. So yes. we'll hear from Miles and Morris themselves in this unseen documentary footage. And then, of course, the legacy has to be sort of maintained and cared for, mm. for it to be sustained. And so we'll hear both sides of those stories on this evening programme at the Town Hall, which right. is 5.30 on, on the 5th of May, uh, 6th of May, sorry. Um We've got two evening events in the programme this year. Mm. We've also got an opening night event at Te Puna Wanaka at Ara, um, which will be really special as well. That's 100% um, tangata whenua um, on the stage talking about Māori art uh, and architecture and design in the city today. Um, lots of different Māori architects talking about their work, including Perry Royal. Um, so that should be... Really good, that's on the Friday night. And then I have to say one last favourite. I mean, mm. there's so many, <laughs> but I would say the Canterbury Provincial Council buildings. Right. Of all the visits we've done since we started building this year's programme, that's probably the one that's moved me the most because right. it's a building I simply have not been in since the earthquakes. And it's still an earthquake-prone building that's, un that's still a partial ruin. Mm. Um, and the Christchurch City Council are being incredible in letting people, not just behind the fence, but you will get to go into some parts of the building as well. Right. Um, fully booked, I'm afraid. <laughs> but um, uh, that's just blown me away. And it was so moving to visit and sobering because it's it's a partial ruin and it still needs restoration. Um but amazing to be there because in some ways, even though it's 
one of Mount Fitt's earlier works, it was one where he tested lots of different ideas. Right. And it also, like, the stone chamber, when it was actually um, there, not collapsed, was possibly one of the finest interiors in the whole of the country. It was just phenomenal. This rich, high Victorian polychromatic interior, painted timbers paint, um, and um, tiled walls, just beautiful. Uh, and there's been nothing like it. Of course, yeah. that roof collapsed, but and you can't get in there on our even on our tour. But um, just being in the place and hearing about it from heritage experts will be amazing. Mm. Right? Yeah, I, th- I must have been in there when I was younger, but I can't remember it. Yeah, you will have been. Yeah. Um, I think if you grew up here, a lot of us ended up there at some point. Yeah. Um, Peter Bevan and Don Donathorn both had their offices in there oh, when right. the earthquakes hit. Peter ah. was actually in the building um, and, you know, made it out, thankfully. No, mm. one, no one died in there. A lot of people know it from going to the beer, Belgian Beer Cafe when pre-quake, um, which was at, ah. the, was at the Ministry of Works extension end that was mm. put in in the 1940s for memory. Um, but that's what anyone who was here pre-quake who'd been in the building would have gone to the Belgian Beer Cafe probably the most. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and so is it all volunteers that are opening the doors or...? It's a mixture. A lot of our building partners are there, you know. So um, it, nearly all the buildings, people like um, are leading tours or letting people in from the owners or occupiers. So if yes. you go to 65 Cambridge Terrace, the team from Athfields are great at hosting people and telling people about the history of the building. Mm. But in some places, our volunteers are running tours. So if you want to see, say, into behind the scenes of the creative residencies in the art centre and get up to the balcony with the best view, then a team of our volunteers will be taking you up there. Mm. Um, to see. So there's an amazing creative residency space in uh, Tamatatiki Toyora, the art centre, and it's, it seriously has the best, has this balcony with this amazing view of the whole of the art centre. Um, and you can just book a free tour with one of our volunteers. So our volunteers are amazing. They, we have over 60 of them. And um, they turn up over the weekend to welcome people and answer questions or and to just host people and count visitors and things like that. But they also, some of them also lead tours. Right. So they absorb a whole heap of architectural information and they regurgitate it on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, they're really incredible folks. Oh, well done. Mm. Now... What's so your, what are you, is it the Schneiderman house, the thing you're Schneiderman most looking house. forward to? I've been dying to, to get into that house for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, there's it's a classic. Schneiderman house too. Oh, is there? Yeah. That's also Warren Amani. Huh. So that was the batch. Must have been the batch, yeah. Must have been the batch. Um, That's I've, interesting. I've been you know, through that. You've been through that because mm. you know it was a quite a fractious relationship between the architect and the client. Was it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that was not an easy one on yeah. either side, apparently. That's what I've heard anyway. Trying to so think it's interesting that they did two. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, given the relationship, wasn't straightforward. I wonder what was first. I don't know. Uh, ooh, 
Can you remember the year of the Akara no, one? No. I can't. Um, yeah. The Angus Tate um, oh, is pretty amazing. Yeah, if people haven't been, definitely go to the university to check out the Angus Tate. It's a really simple little building, but it was. Um, it's re- it's got a lot of character, yeah. um, and there's not a lot of that kind of modernism left. Uh, so it's well worth checking out. And of course, it was one of the earliest buildings on campus that wasn't built for engineering. Mm. Certainly, one of the oldest remaining buildings. Seeing the university demolished a good amount of the engineering block that was the first thing built, purpose-built building on yeah. campus. Now we're just about to run out of time, but so to get tickets. Well, so people should go to our website, openchurcher.nz, um, and have a look through the programme, and hopefully there are some tickets left to what you want to see. Lovely. Certainly there are, some, there are tickets left to some of the things. Good. Yeah. Thanks That's for great. having me. No worries. Thanks so much yeah. for coming in. Cool. Cheers, Nick. No worries.